Hello, friends. Welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. We all know that life is just plain hard sometimes. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about their journey of overcoming and how it always leads back to Jesus. Today's guest is Erica Bailey. Erica is the founder of the Round Farmhouse Ministries, and her passion is meeting women where they are. And today she's going to talk about her history, the things that she has overcome so that she is able to reach out to women and meet them where they are. She also does fostering, and we'll talk about that a little bit as well. We are here today with Erica Bailey. Erica heads up the Round farmhouse ministry. She lives in West Virginia, and she is going to talk today about a plethora of things. We're going to talk about meeting women where they are, which I think is so important in the world that we live in today because we all are all in different places. She and a group of women who actually started her ministry from a Bible study, they help with an addiction recovery center, and uh, she also is a foster mom. So we're going to talk about all of those. Welcome, Erica. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. So I would like to hear first about Round Farmhouse Ministries. You told me that a group of Bible study friends got together and started this ministry. So share more about that with us. Okay, sure. So the Round Farmhouse actually started with me first. I started it in the fall of 2018. We had received our first child in foster care um, that February. And the Lord had just been dealing with me throughout that process. And the process of foster care is, it's like a sanctification. I mean, you, you learn so much from it. And so I felt like I had so much to share with what we were going through with foster care and that journey. So I felt the Lord bring me to this place to say, right, which that in and of itself is pretty funny just because I'm I'm not a writer and I still struggle with even calling myself that. But (laughs) there I was with this idea of a blog. So I started it. The Lord had brought me to that place through the foster care journey and just getting to that place that I realized that obedience is so crucial in my walk. So I obeyed and I started a blog with the intention. I named it the Round Farmhouse, not ministries at the time, but because we live in a round farmhouse in West Virginia. And uh, we, yeah, we bought the house to expand our family for foster care. So we literally moved early 2018, about 14 days later, we got the baby. So it was just a crazy time that year. But I started it and I began to write with the intention of talking about the Lord and our foster care journey, but also talking about like home DIY, you know, home decorating. And none of that ever came into topics. It was always strictly about foster care or Mm -hmm. about the Lord. So um, this went on for a couple of years of just me, kind of a one man show doing my thing, really struggling with the name, the round farmhouse. Like, I know that's where I live, but you know, like if I don't live there forever, is it still going to make sense? So I kind of struggled with that. Yeah. And then in 2019, we got the uh, baby's older sister in foster care, which was totally unexpected. We were a one child only foster care home, or at least we thought, but the Lord obviously had other plans. Still doing the blog, not as often as I wanted to because life was super crazy in the round farmhouse. Um, (laughs) And so I ended up summer last year, well, late summer, early fall last year um, when Compel was open to 
to start up again. I decided I'm going to do this and I'm just going to see what kind of information they have because I kind of felt lost in mm -hmm. this whole blog world. And one of the very first um, teachings in Compel, she talks about finding your why. Yeah. And I thought I knew my why and my why was, well, the Lord told me to do this. So I'm doing <laughs> it. But I really didn't know my why. Mm -hmm. And as I watched that teaching, I thought, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I don't know my why. And so maybe that's why I'm struggling. So I prayed about it for days and slowly the Lord began to reveal to me my why. And also in that, I allowed me to see that this name, the Round Farmhouse, makes perfect sense. It was no coincidence why I named it that in 2018, but it was because the Lord wanted to use it for something bigger. He uh -huh. wanted people. He wanted it to be more of a community aspect, not just a one-man show. Uh -huh. So the summer before I started a Bible study in my home in the Round Farmhouse, <laughs> and um, it, it it's continued since then, and, and we've grown. And so I went to each person individually and said, I have a really crazy idea, so I want to know what you think, and everybody was on board. So at that time, I changed the name to the Round Farmhouse Ministries. Uh -huh. And with that change, I realized the why. And the why is relatability and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And women that are from all different walks of life, have all different backgrounds, raised in church, not raised in church, you know, every aspect of life. But yet we can all sit around the farm table with coffee and share and all can, when we can all relate to one another. I realized that that was something as a church kid growing up that I didn't have as a, even as a young adult. And so I want, I wanted the Round Farmhouse Ministries to be that for people that don't have that relatability in the church. Mm -hmm. And that is a big problem. I have several friends that have really struggled with being hurt by people in the church. And sometimes it's self-righteousness that takes over that meeting women where they are instead of that we're holding the bible over their head and a couple of them the circumstances weren't their choice you know when people are telling you well the bible says you can't do this and you have to do that and and they're in a place they don't even want to be that's harmful so i love that that you do that so tell me a little bit more you one of the things you do is reach out and the vulnerability of women. So tell, let's let's talk more about that and how you see yourself reaching out to women where they are. Well, I think in order to reach out to women where where they are, they have to see them in your struggle. Like they have to see you in them and vice versa, if that, uh -huh. if that makes any sense. And I'll explain what I mean by that. I would have loved to have had somebody in the church when I was a 20 something married woman with two young kids sit down and say, when I was your age, this is what I struggled with. Uh, you know, perfectionism right. or all these things, because to me, it would have made me feel like there was hope and that I wasn't an outsider. And even this is somebody that grew up in the church their whole life. Right. But no one wanted to really talk about their struggles it was as if there's this image that you have to uphold in the church. If you're vulnerable and if you um, share those things, then you kind of lose that image. So God's allowed me to see this and that I was actually worshiping this 
lowercase g God. And that was this image that I thought I needed to be as a Christian woman. So I wanted to just wipe that away. And, you know, with that came hardships and the Lord had to really humble me Mm -hmm. because I wasn't, I wasn't a, an approachable Christian early on in my life. I would have totally looked my nose down upon people that I felt like weren't like me. Sometimes there's a humility that has to take place and it's, it's not fun. But with that humility, I have learned tremendously about the importance of meeting people where they are. It, it comes an uncomfortableness, if yeah. that's the word. I don't yeah. know. I just made it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sounds good. But it, uh, yeah, you have to be uncomfortable. And I loved being comfortable. Like I, that's another idol that I would love to worship mm-hmm. was the yeah. idol of comfort. So being uncomfortable allows you to be vulnerable and being vulnerable allows you to be relatable. And if women, um, regardless of their walk of life, regardless of their salvation, they should be able to have a relatability with Christian women. And really that is how we can start the hard conversations. That's why we share what we share at the Round Farmhouse. And sometimes it's like, you shared that? Yeah. And I'm not airing my dirty laundry, but I am allowing you to see that I suffer here and I Mm -hmm. struggle here, but this is what God's done in my life. And this is how he's worked this out. It's to give God the glory. Absolutely. So this conversation started in a more comfortable place, although they're never comfortable. Your friends in your Bible study. And then you as a group took that out into the world or to your church churches to share it there? Yes. The first time I ever read a Lisa Turker's book, mm-hmm. my eyes were opened mm-hmm. because I was like, this is a Christian woman sharing struggles. Right. You know, her words just sucked me in because I needed that. You know, yeah. I needed that in my church home. When we started the Round Farmhouse Ministries and the writing, you know, and Compel is just, it's full of the same kind of concept, relatability, vulnerability, the Me Too moment. You know, it's full of that. And that was the why that I had before I ever even realized, you know, what Compel was going to tell me. The Lord had already been dealing with me on that in the back end. So um, it kind of, yeah, it was confirmation for sure. So we sit down as writers and I'm like, this is what, you know, I feel like this is what the Lord wants us to do. Like, we're going to have to share and we're going to have to be vulnerable. And if that's not something that you're comfortable doing, that's fine. Because I had girls that said, you know, I'm interested in writing, but they were all on board and they all wanted to share. So we have one writer that has two little ones and Mm -hmm. she is struggling with mom guilt a lot of times. And then we have another one that suffers with anxiety and depression. And we have another one that has, that the Lord has delivered her from alcoholism and another one that should not be alive right now. And from a medical standpoint, and the Lord has saved her life from that. I feel like we can really relate to a lot of people. I was very impressed with the diversity of the ladies that are on your team. And you're right. You all have adversity from different places. So you can relate to different things and relate to each other. So when you, when you were picking these women to be a part of your group, was that in your mind, all of this diversity, or was that just God's wonderful planning over and above what you also did? Well, when I, when I started planning, I had a, well, when, I, I didn't really plan. Let's just be honest here. I literally had, <laughs> I, like, <love> that. <laughs> I literally had just 
an epiphany, uh-huh. basically. Okay. It was just like, oh my gosh, that's what we're supposed to do. But I didn't know who would write. And I didn't know who would do this or who would, I didn't know. I had a general, general idea of uh-huh. who I thought would be interested in doing certain things. And there's still aspects to the ministry that, that I feel like we need to go into. We haven't even surfaced that area that, sure. yet, but I also knew since I had been with this group of women for over a year, I, I knew their strengths and okay. I knew where they flourished when I approached everyone about it because I I pretty much did it individually for the most part I told them my 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 thought and where would you where do you want to be in this where do you see yourself in this and so they kind of you know they prayed about it and then they they kind of fell into the place so the writers that are on the writing team they they feel like they need to be there they're love the lord some of them I thought, yeah, they'd be here, but some of them I didn't. We also have a prayer post. The idea behind that was um, I just felt like sending somebody a card in the mail was a lost, you know, a lost cause these days. Uh-huh. And I had received a card in the mail from a friend of mine who also fostered. And I was having a really, really difficult time with my oldest foster daughter. And I went to her in confidence and just poured my heart out to her and just, said it was just so authentic and if I said it to anybody else they would think oh my gosh she's a terrible person but this person understood me because they've been in my shoes Mm -hmm. before she followed up our conversation with a card in the mail and she could have followed it up with a text and it would have been special but she followed it up with a card in the mail with a handwritten note and it just really stuck with me and Uh I felt like I should do more of this so the prayer post started because I wanted it to be a, a card ministry, but even more than that, I wanted it to us to send cards to people that needed encouragement or prayer or, you know, get well soon or, or some, whatever it is, sympathy, whatever, right. but that we would specifically pray for the person that we were writing the card to. So the prayer posts, we have it on our website and we ask people to give us their address to send them cards, but um, we don't do a lot of cards from our website because a lot of people are skeptical of giving us their address. And I understand right. that. So we typically do the cards through to our ch- church family and different things. But that's the prayer post. And I knew who in in our group would want to do that because I knew in our group who wants to be involved, but wants to be behind the scenes. They right. have a lot of, you know, some people have self-doubt and they think I can't do anything, but I can pray and mm-hmm. I can send a card. Right. So I wanted an outlet for people that, for some of the ladies that felt like they really couldn't contribute, but they can contribute. Yeah, absolutely. So the prayer post. Yeah. So the prayer post was for that. And then we, we have another ministry that we are in the works at, of trying to get rolling um, it's called Covered, and we're going to make um, baby blankets for a addiction recovery maternity center mm-hmm. in Kentucky. That's where we're going to start. But I have a lady that she quilts, and she'll tell you, I can't do anything but quilt. She is excited because she feels like, really, she had nothing to give for the Lord, but yet she can do this. And so she can she can sew. So I wanted to make sure that everybody had an outlet. Everybody that wanted to be involved had a way to be involved and and didn't feel like an outsider. I love from the very beginning of you talking about going to a foster, another foster mom and just sharing where you were in that moment and 
she received you without judgment, with nothing but love, and followed up on that. So she met you where you are. And your mm-hmm. whole ministry is meeting the women that you invited into your ministry where they are, not asking them to go out and do things they're not comfortable with, but finding the gift that God gave them. And if it's quiet and behind the scenes and that's what they want, you have a place for them. So clearly that's a gift that you have is meeting women where they are and making them feel valued where they are. I love that. Yeah. And it's funny that you, well, not I'm not really funny, but it kind of comes as a shock to me that you say that that's a gift because I can tell you growing up, I was a, I was a church kid and I was a quote unquote church people. I wasn't gracious and even kind. I would have, I never dreamed that the Lord would have brought me to this place. And it, it came with a lot of hardships, yeah. but I'm thankful that he allowed me to go through the fire to give me a humility mm-hmm. that I'm able to meet people where they are now, because I wasn't able to meet people where they, where yeah. they are back then. But he brought you where he needed you to be, to do the work he wants you to do for him. I just love that. And you were, yeah. and you were obedient because Sometimes it's hard to be obedient to him and you heard what he was saying and you chose the hardships so that you are where you are today. You had mentioned to me a story about a woman that you met who was in recovery and how you thought you were so different, but as you spoke to her, there was a connection. You want to tell that story here? Yeah. So a few weeks ago, we were able to go to addiction recovery care. Um, it's in Kentucky. They have a facility there. Um, well, they have several facilities, but one in particular that we went to, that's a women's facility. And I was going to speak and I was super nervous about it. And I, I, I knew what the Lord wanted me to talk about, but my biggest fear was that I would not be relatable to the women because mm-hmm. I have never suffered with addiction. Mm-hmm. And here I come in there, you know, being churched my whole life. And I wanted to be not only relatable, I wanted them to be able to understand what I was even saying. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted, wanted it to be you know, applicable to them as well. So I, I prayed and prayed and I was, and really, I wasn't concerned about what the Lord wanted me to say. I was more concerned that they were not even going to receive what I had to say because there's just no relatability with me. And that's what I saw my whole life in church. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of unsafe people that come in the church because they don't feel welcome, you know? (laughs) Right. So I was like, I don't want to be that way. Um, So anyways, I I start speaking and these women, when they come into this facility, they're, they're given information about Jesus from the, from the first moment they step in the place. It's just, you can just feel the Holy spirit there. They are just begging to know more mm-hmm. about the Lord. And if you are, if you teach Bible study with other Christian women, there, there's a hunger there, but there's not a hunger there. Right. So it was so refreshing as I'm speaking, these women are sitting on the edge of their seats and I mean, they cannot get every, I mean, they want to get every word that I have coming out of my mouth. And this one lady, she was sitting to the, to the left of me, she was just, I could tell, she just wanted to know every word that I had to say. And so when I got done talking, she came over and gave me a bottle of water. She is, we look totally different. We have, we're different races, 
Um, we, you know, she has tattoos on her. I don't. The first thing she came over to me and she said, I need to ask you a question. And I said, well, feel free, go ahead. And she said, I need help with something. And I, I just want to get your opinion. And I was said, well, let's talk about it. And she said, I have anger issues. And I think when she asked me that, she maybe was thinking that I would be taken back or, you know, I'm not sure what her thought process was when she actually uh-huh. asked me that. I don't look anything like her and I, my background's different than hers. And she knew that because I kind of gave a little bit of story about myself. So she knew I was totally different than her. And she proceeded to kind of talk about some of the anger issues she had, but she had me at hello. So I didn't even hear the rest of what she had to say. And I just stopped her mid-sentence and I said, me too, sister, me too. And her eyes, big brown eyes just got wide and they filled with tears and she started crying. And I said, I'm going to get my Bible and we're going to talk about this. We sat there. We ended up doing a craft with the women. And so the other ladies that were there did the craft with the rest of the women. And me and this girl sat there and we just dug into God's word. She had just, she had, she had been incarcerated for six months and left jails and came right into recovery. Had only been there a month, immediately came to know Jesus, was baptized the week before And she said, you know, when I got baptized, I just really thought it was going to be like this divine revelation. And she said, but what I'm realizing is every single day I have to surrender myself to the Lord. And I said, yeah. So, I mean, we were going back to the garden where how Uh sin took place and how it affected our flesh and we have flesh versus the spirit. I mean, just the, the smallest things she didn't grasp. It was just in that moment, we were so different, but yet we were so alike. I shared how I have anger issues and, you know, I, and I shared all that with her and, you know, I color, I met her one day, but I'm telling you, she's my friend. And I think about her a lot and I pray for her a lot because she's got a long road ahead of her. But, you know, I think we get so caught up in the outward um, or even the history of people mm-hmm. or where they are. The fact that, yeah, they're in recovery. And I've never struggled there, but if we pull back those layers, we are all alike. That's right. And and certainly the example of Jesus. And I, I love the story of the Samaritan woman because he met her exactly where she was and her past was not great, but it didn't matter because he was asking her to move forward with him. I I love that. I love your ability to be vulnerable, that you just let her be who she was and you yourself shared something that you probably don't share with a lot of women, but you saw that that's what she needed to hear. That's awesome. Friends, I cannot get over that story. It gave me chills and it brought some tears to my eyes. Erica has such a gift for meeting women where they are. And she talks about going through the fire so that she's now able to meet people where they are. And it was uncomfortable. I love that piece of her story, that she was willing to be uncomfortable and vulnerable so that she could become relatable to the women that God has put before her to be ministered to. 
Our sponsor today is Gifts with Grace. Gifts with Grace verse that they use is each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And that's from 1 Peter 4.10. Women come to Gifts with Grace to be empowered through mentoring, educating, and creating by volunteers who also meet the women where they are and they are able to show the clients of Gifts with Grace God's love, his mercy, and his grace wherever they are in that moment. Now let's go back and hear the rest of Erica's story in fostering. So you are you talked about being a foster mom and so tell tell me how you you and your husband why you chose to do that. You know, if I had to put my finger on one thing, I really couldn't do that. We had went through some trying times as a family, and deep down, I felt like I wanted another child. But biologically, we weren't a, you know, we were beyond those means at this point. We started praying about it. We were looking into international adoption, or you know, foster care was never on my radar ever. I had always heard horrible things about it, and I, I just, I just thought I, I would never do that. And the funny thing is, when I say I would never do that, the Lord ends up always <laughs> having me do that. Um, so it, it's just how it works for me. My husband, somebody came into his work and they fostered and gave him some information about it. So we started praying about it and talking about it. Here in West Virginia, it's, it's extremely bad because of the opioid epidemic you know, per capita, we're a small state. So our numbers are higher than most places. It's it's really bad here. So there was a, there was a particular child that had been severely, the baby died as a result of the, the treatment. And uh. I had heard a rumor and I don't know if it was, I never got clarity if it was true or not, but I had heard a rumor that that child was supposed to be placed in foster care, but there weren't any homes for the child. And again, I don't know if that's true or not, but just knowing that if it were true, yeah. I told my husband when I saw that or when I heard that, I said, we need to do foster care because, you know, children are dying if they can't get a home. Uh, so we went into foster care really to adopt. Um, it was to foster to adopt with the intention of helping one child. Um, we weren't going to, we never went into it to be long-term foster, you know, a hundred kids, um, anything like that. And if people want to do that, I mean, I'm telling you, they deserve <laughs> the biggest mansion in heaven. Yeah. For us, it just wasn't, it just wasn't feasible for us to do. So we went into it with, we wanted to have, we wanted to have foster one child at a time. And if we have the opportunity to adopt, then perfect. And it, we wanted, you know, you can specify ages and different things. We wanted three and under, um, gender, race, all that. None of that mattered. You know, that's really how we how we went in, how we got into it. Yeah. And and you do have uh, a foster child right now. Well, two, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. We we will not. You know, we were like, we will not take more than one child. We will not take over three years old. And and here and we a are. A year and a half later, we got another. We got the sister, and she was four and a half. And yeah. so the Lord was like, "Don't tell me no. Don't don't so, tell me how um, you're going to do this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So I we, um, we have four kids now and we never ever ever <laughs> thought we would have four kids what I have learned from 
my now six-year-old foster daughter, the one that I that came into our home in 2019, the older sister. What I have learned from her, though, none of my other children have ever taught me. Oh, wow. I, I know I know that she needed me. Uh-huh. Um, she needed us, but I needed her, too. Mm-hmm. We've come a long way in almost two years. I'm thankful that we were willing and obedient to say yes to her. Yeah. Obedience is not always easy, but it always just leaves you right where you're supposed to be, doesn't it? It does. Thank you so much, Erica, for sharing your ministry and a little bit about your family with us. I appreciate it. I always ask my guests two questions. One is, what is bringing you joy right now? And the other is, what are you reading? What is bringing me joy right now? Well, what is bringing me joy is working for the Lord. I am obsessed with it. And Mm -hmm. I know, I don't know if that's the best word, but, um, I, I cannot get enough of doing his work. Bible study, you know, we even do a little workout praise thing before Bible study. I'm running myself ragged for him. And if I could do it full time and get paid for it, that would be (laughs) perfect. But that's where I find my joy. I find my joy in just reading God's word and learning more. I mean, I, I can't get enough of it. And I've, I've never thought I would be this person. Here I am. Look where your obedience brought you and your passion shines <laughs> through. So I can very much see that you love working for Jesus. And what are you reading right now? Right now I am reading um, Lisa Turkhurst, um, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. I haven't read it yet. It's on my bookshelf, but I haven't started to read it. Do you like it? Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's really she's nothing so that. so gifted. Yeah. <laughs> she is. She is amazingly yeah, gifted. Well, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me today. Your kids have been really good for you, so that's good. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you were willing to spend time with me. Well, thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to just share about the ministry that I have. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Erica's story today. You will find all the information you need in the show notes so that you are able to check out Erica's ministry, the Round Farmhouse Ministry. I look forward to being with you again next week.